Hey, what's up? Welcome to the latest episode of the Dads in the Class podcast. I'm your host, Dion Chavis, the Glad Dad, family engagement educator. And this is the podcast that we do. Uh, we try to do it every week. We missed a couple of weeks because I was out of town. I wasn't feeling too good. Um, but we're back with a brand new episode with a brand new guest. And um, this is a great episode. So I definitely want you all to uh, share it to be sure that you subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. This is where we talk about all things uh, fatherhood engagement. We have fathers up here. We talk about education and we talk about just how we can get more engaged and how we can be uh, a little bit more engaged in our kids' education and engaged in the things that they have going on as they're growing up. Uh, so for this episode, I got a real good brother on the show. Glad he's here. Glad we could finally uh, connect on this platform. My man, Joe, I want to Stiltner. Is that correct? That's perfect, man. You got it. <laughs> my, man, my, man, my man, Joe is here. And uh, Joe is just a good brother. We connected uh, some months back doing some fatherhood work. We were doing uh, kind of like a a virtual conference for um, fatherhood.gov and the ad council. Well, I guess it was fatherhood.gov. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. And the ad council, PSA. Yeah. 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 So we connected doing that. And then. Uh, we just, you know, we just kind of bonded over our love for our kids and also for our love of hip hop. Y'all know I'm a hip hop head and found out that Joe is a hip hop lover. And, you know, we just kind of connected and bonded and we talk pr pretty regularly um, through Facebook. And I just thought it would be a good idea to have him come on the podcast and come on the show. Um, and he said this is the highlight of his Friday night. So I told him if this is the the best thing that he got going, then we got to we got to get him a, 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 some a, a, a title friend group or something, because. <laughs> You know, I ain't really all that. You know, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I ain't nothing to write home about, but I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's on the show, man. And I really want to uh, just commend him for the work that he's doing. And I can't wait for him to share his story. A uh, very powerful story. I can't wait for him to share his story and um, just talk to us about what he has going on in terms of fatherhood and how he is uh, engaging with his kids. So, Joe, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure for real, man. Ever since uh, we first started talking about getting up, man, I've been. It's been on my calendar. I've been counting it down. Well, you're here now, man. So we want to talk about uh, your 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 fatherhood journey. So first and foremost, how many kids do you have, Joe? How many kids you got? I mean, I've got four kids, two boys and two girls. Two boys, two girls. What ages? Ages from three to 16. Okay. Okay. So, so you, you I, I will say you, you almost like me. Well, you kind of all like, yeah, you all like me because- my youngest is five and my oldest is 19. So, yeah, you know, I call cool. them the, I, I call them the bookends, man. Like they are <laughs> on two separate sides of the, of the, um, of the spectrum. So let, let's dive into that a little bit. Having four kids, uh, one that's 16 and one that's three. Um, uh, if you're anything like me, then you know that raising a three-year-old now, as opposed to raising a three-year-old, uh, 13 years ago is totally different, right? Way different. Way different. So, so how, how, how have you been able to adapt and adjust to um, this new, I don't want to call it a new type of parenting, uh, but how would you adapt to parenting in, I guess, the 21st century, we should say? Man, it really, it, it really is different. And what's wild about, you know, when you have multiple kids, you learn something new each way. So it's like, every new one you have gets more knowledge than the one you mm -hmm. had before, you know, so they, they mm -hmm. each kind of get it better. 
But it's been an adjustment, man, because, you know, you've got the juxtaposition always of maybe how we were raised, our generation, versus how things are now. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I still is, you know, has been a big adjustment for me is the idea of talking to my kids about how they feel. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid running around, I don't remember very many people being worried about how I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's definitely, I think, a big difference is, um, you know, being more aware on an emotional level, checking in with them. Mm. That's something I've, I really came into versus now compared to when I was just got my fatherhood T-shirt trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What about the way that you you discipline? Do you do, do you discipline differently now than you did with your oldest? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Now it's it's more. I think I've discovered the difference between discipline and punishment. And I mm. think you very intentionally use the word discipline mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. There, there is a distinct difference. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, for me, man, um, I think age has a lot to do with the two, right? Because, you know, uh, not, not, well, I wouldn't even say age. I would say maturity becomes yeah. a, a big, a big part of it because, a lot of times you realize that, you know, sometimes when for those who who beat their kids, you know, I don't I don't I've never beat either of my children. Um, I've never imposed any sort of physical punishment on either of them. Um, but when my daughter was growing up, I wasn't opposed to it. Right now, I'm opposed to it. Like I'm I'm staunchly against like beating my kids. And, you know, I have reasons for that that have come with age and maturity you know one of those things for me is that um like spanking to me is it's it's assault (laughs) you know right and i you know we don't look at it like that but you know for me i'm like i don't want i don't i don't necessarily want my child um to be fearful of me i want them to respect me but i don't want them to be fearful of me and i think that's something that for me had to come with time Right. And, yeah. and, you know, patience is a part of it, you know, and the things that you learn as you're going through this parenting journey, um, it just, you know, it, it changes you and your approach for a lot of us. Um, it has to change. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can't I don't think you can raise um, a child the same way that you raised a child before this one, because every child is different. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, every, you know, point, yeah. Yeah, it's no. It's, I don't think it's a cookie cutter way to uh, to raising kids. Every child is different, and all of us have to kind of be in tune to, you know, the emotional intelligence portion of parenting. And that's something that uh, for a lot of us growing up in the '80s and '90s, like we didn't learn. Right? Our parents didn't ask us how we felt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you better feel like getting in there and washing them dishes, or you better feel like getting out there and cutting that grass. Like right? How you felt? You know what I mean? Feel like doing whatever I say to do. Exactly. And don't talk back while you do it. So um, I think that is a part of the journey, man, that I think is so beautiful that as you uh, mature as a parent, you start to realize like, all right, well, maybe I could do this a little bit different and still get some really, really great results. And I think that's what we want. Like as as dads, that's what we um, desire. Like we want to see the results, like the fruits of our labor. And you hit it, man, because results is what it's all about, right? Especially for us as men, what do we love? Sports. When sports Mm -hmm. comes down to results, it's a result, 
driven business, right? And that's, that's how the world works, right? When you get a job, you are rewarded for the results that you produce. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, you know, really looking at things is what do I want? Right. I, I want a well-rounded kid. I want a kid to understand the importance of X, Y, and Z. What's the best approach for getting that point across? It usually isn't cut and tail. You know what I mean? Usually busting butt isn't really going to make a big difference or really get a message through. It just creates that fear that you talked about. And I think that's one of the biggest differences between how we were raised and how we're raising Yeah. So let's let's dive into your uh, fatherhood journey. I think a big part of your journey and a big part of your struggle, and I hope you don't mind if we talk about kind of your struggles with addiction. Right. No problem. Yeah. So, you know, if we could, let's talk about how uh, your journey through addiction and into um, fatherhood being as, you know, both powerful parts of your story inspiring parts of your story how has the experience uh that you've had in your life how have how have they kind of shaped your perspective on fatherhood it really highlighted the importance of it man um you know between seeing the effects that fatherhood had on me you know as far as my dad you know he was there in a lot of ways and gone in a lot of ways sometimes physical sometimes emotional And so there was a lot of things I might not have got. And so through addiction, you know, chasing feelings, trying to heal from the past and everything, I didn't heal at all. So then when I had kids, um, it's like, wow, okay, what do I do now? And you can kind of know what not to do, but there's a million different ways to do the right thing. And some ways are better than others. Back to results, you know, driven. And I made a lot of mistakes through addiction, you know, as a parent. I've talked to a lot of parents that were addicts, and they've all said things like, um, you know, I might have been an addict, but I still took care of my business, or my kid never saw this, my kid never saw that. And our kids may not have ever saw us, you know, physically get high or in that act, but there's no way they didn't see the effects, um, you know, on our, on our mood, how we acted the way we mm-hmm. came at them, disciplined them, talked to them, whatever. And, you know, so how I was then versus now and the things that I went through, the way that I came up versus now, totally different, totally different. And with that comes a lot of guilt. You know, when you have multiple kids, you know, you make some mistakes with your first ones. I think it's natural that, you know, kid two, three, four, you know, you turn your life around and, these kids don't have to go through the things that these kids did. And, you know, it's just, it's a whirlwind of emotions, man. You know, when, when your past is kind of constantly still a part of your present, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what, what I think was dope about your story and your journey is how you kind of took um, the things that you went through your, your test and, you know, turned them into a testimony to start working with fathers, right? Yep. So what what kind of gave you that push to uh, step out there and start doing work in the fatherhood field and start working with dads? Man, the, the fact that somewhere like that existed is what it did. When I found a place like that, 
and they helped me turn my life around and gave me um you know the the soft skills the skills i really needed to delve into emotional intelligence and work on really healing um when i went there and i started doing that doing the work coming to the groups and seeing that there was a network like that that existed i was like yo i gotta be a part of this this is super mm -hmm. dope and so luckily um you know after graduating the program you know turning my life around um and volunteering and hanging around they're like okay man you've been around forever we're gonna put you on the payroll now let's get this guy a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah right you might as well be he won't leave us alone but, let's give him a job but it's like I told them right then and there that I, now I know what I want to be when I grow up. And it was the first mm. time in my life I ever felt like I had a purpose or knew what mm. my thing was. You know, my mom told me my whole life that um, that God had a purpose for me. And I am mm. a man of faith. And she keeps saying, I'm praying for you all the time. Jesus told me you have a purpose. And mm. I kept wondering what it was, what it was. And I finally found out, you know, in those moments when when I saw it help and seeing the network that exists out there for guys and fathers, mm -hmm. it's like, yo, okay, wow. I never thought something like this existed, but now that I know I want to be a part of it. Right. And right, give, right. basically so, it's about giving back, man. You know what I mean? I want to give back mm -hmm. something because having that help changed my life, man. I don't know where I would be if I didn't come across that group or that organization at that point in time, there's no telling what the trajectory of my life would have been or for my kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, when, when you decided to start working in the field of fatherhood, I know what, well, let me ask, I don't know. Was there any, um, maybe pushback from you, um, that not from you, but from folks who were around you outside of the group, who were, you know, like your friends, your family, uh, maybe encouraging you to not jump into doing this kind of work? You know what? There, I had to have a conversation, right? Because me, my story, what comes with me is part of the work I do. You know, it, it, it's the vein everything runs through. So, but it's not just my story, right? I've got a mom, I've got a sister, I've got a dad. And I had to go have some conversations and be like, hey, I, I've got to be open and honest about some things in the public, you know what I mean, to be able to help people. And so mm -hmm. that was one conversation I had to have is because, like I said, it wasn't just my business or my story going out mm -hmm. there. And so I had, you know, I had to make peace. And my mom was like, hey, you got to do whatever you got to do to to heal and to find peace in your life. So. And, but you know, you know how it goes, man. You, you know, when you're putting family stuff out there, you got to make sure, Hey, is this okay to say? So yeah. that was a conversation yeah. that, that I had to have. But luckily, yeah. man, when I got in the field, you know, I had, uh, you know, full support and blessings of my family. You know, they, uh, they saw, like I said, man, they saw what the group did for me. You know, they seen me go from where I was to who I became. And so they was on board with the organization and the work they did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, when when it comes to, like you said, putting family business out there or putting uh, your story out there, there is a uh, a sort of shame that people try to put on you. Right. They try to give you, yeah. um, you know, all sorts of excuses and reasons why you shouldn't talk about things. And 
you know, I, I think another big part of your story is your mental health journey. And I've heard you talk about uh, some of the mental health aspects of things. How, as a dad, have you managed to um, balance that side of things while still just, you know, trying to manage and trying to raise your kids and trying to uh, do everything that you could do to be the best man that you can? Man, it's hard. It's hard. And mm. I just recently went through like the one of the most difficult three months of my life, um, emotionally, mentally, and mm -hmm. through mental health, right? There wasn't anything that really happened that brought it on. And, um, you know, it, along with it came like a moment of realization, right? Because my wife had made a comment to me that, you know, you need to figure some things out because you're worrying us. And I'm like, what do you mean us? She's like, the kids, they can tell that something's off. And I'm like, dang, I'm supposed to be as the the father, you know, a pillar of strength, right? I'm supposed to be uh, something constant and consistent and safe for my kids. And the idea that they were unsure or uncertain because of the vibe I was giving off really hit me, man. Because, you know, when you're going through things, you know, mentally as a parent, of course, you don't want your kids to see it. You don't want them to worry with you but i also at the same time want to model how you deal with things you know what i mean so mm -hmm. kind of a balance between what is what do they see what don't they see right but um you know because my kids go through difficult things too so as i'm dealing with my stuff you know i'm open with my kids hey dad goes to therapy dad goes to counseling because you know sometimes we need someone to talk to and so I, I do want to encourage that. So I'm open in that regard to mm -hmm. the, about, you know, getting help. There's nothing wrong with that. It's totally okay to not be okay sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, th I think that's important that we include our, our family, particularly our children in our journey, because we want to be sure that they have the, um, the tools right? That they need going out into this world. One of the things that was really important to me as my daughter went off to college, uh, I thought it was really important to be sure that she had uh, the tools to manage all of the, all of the things that come with being a young woman in college at 18 years old, right? You know, you send your kids off to college, but nobody ever talks about how hard it is, it is for them to be away from their family. Nobody ever talks about like how hard it is for them to manage the expectation of like keeping their grades up. Nobody ever talks about, you know, the, the, the pressure that comes along with being on social media and, and, and just all of those things, imposter syndrome. Uh, so it was important for me to put those tools in place. Uh, so she would at least know how to access them, you know, whether she decided to or not would, would be her decision, but okay. If you need therapy, this is where you can go. If you need the suicide hotline, this is who you can call. If you need, you know what I mean? If you, uh, I, I feel like you're in danger. This is what you can do. If you, you know, uh, are, 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 are in a car with somebody or at a party with somebody and everybody's drunk, you know, you need to call Uber or like all of those things. And we had to have those conversations that for parents, for some of us can be tough. You know what I mean? Like those conversations can be hard, but it's, 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 it's crazy that these days you have to have those conversations with the young people, regardless of how hard it is. Right. Um, because it stretches us, you know what I mean? And we can't, we can't grow if we don't stretch, 
You know what I mean? And I think being able to have those conversations with her prepared me for the things that are going to be coming in the future for her brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. And I think there's a lot of things that that we talk about today as parents that were never mm-hmm. talked about with us as kids. Absolutely. And, or certainly not as openly or as in depth as we kind mm-hmm. of take things as parents these days, because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it's the kind of the way that sex was, for example, the way that sex was explained to me versus how I explained it with my kids, my oldest son was totally two different conversations, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell anybody when I dropped my daughter off at college, I gave her a box of condoms and I said, look, <laughs> You yeah. use them or don't use them, but you can't say that I didn't give them to you. You can't say that you didn't have them I, yeah, because I exactly. know I the, the, look the big box too, not the little small three pack. <laughs> I gave her, I, I gave her the big box of Trojans. You hear me? Like yeah. you, the, the one yeah. thing you cannot say is that I did not prepare you in this area. But here's if you yeah. need some more, hit me up. I grab them for you. Like don't yeah. even don't even worry about it. I get them for you. But you know, I think as 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 dads, like you said, in this generation, man, there's. Uh, some things that we just weren't prepared for. Um, and as dads, I think we ha- we have to know uh, where we are lacking and what we have to do to kind of pick up in those areas to provide um, that support, that emotional support that they need, you know? Yeah. yeah. And man, I, I love it because I love things that, that challenge me and I like mm-hmm, learning mm-hmm. new things. And one of the dopest things about fatherhood is that like you said, if if you're going to be good at this thing, then you have to constantly be growing. You have to be because mm-hmm. if you're doing it right, if you're doing it and you're acting, interacting with your kids, they're going to put you in positions where you're forced to grow, where you're mm-hmm. forced to be challenged. And I love it, man, because, yeah. um, you know, every minute of it's dope. And, and I genuinely want to be the best the best dad that I can be. And to do so requires me to be the best man that I can be first. Mm, mm. And because that's what everything else is going to flow through, right? You can't be, you know, I can't be, um, you know, a terrible guy, but a great dad, you know, they go hand Mm. in hand. Absolutely. And back during my addiction and everything, man, I I ran from challenges or I didn't face things that I should have faced the right way. And, Mm. You know, the biggest change between then and now is just being about action, taking it, um, looking forward to that challenge, to that moment of growth and being excited about expanding and stretching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, let me let me let me ask you this. As a father of four um, with a 16 year old who is um, in high school and a three year old who is in, I assume, preschool. Uh, About. Yeah. Yeah. About to start preschool, yeah. How it how engaged are you um, in their education? Well, let me let me change it. How engaged are you? But also, how do you find the balance to um, engage in their education? Oh, great question, man. I love power school. If if anyone knows what I'm talking, about. <laughs> I love power absolutely. school uh, mm-hmm. because it's a great way for me to stay up with things with my oldest son who doesn't live with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a way for me to, to check up on things. But um, as far as the kids that here that live with me, um, always, you know, looking in with the homework all the time, man, I take it very serious. If if I if my kids were home and I was like, hey, Josie, come here. And you were to say, ask her, 
what's something your dad always tells you? She would say, reading is the most important thing I could ever learn. Mm. Because I take education very serious with my kids. And the mm -hmm. main mm -hmm. thing that I, I drill to them is that reading is the ultimate freedom. If you mm. know how to read, you can teach yourself anything yeah. and, 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 and go anywhere you want to go. You can pick up a mm -hmm. book and, and transform yourself literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. And so education is huge. And so my wife, her and I, we tag team the homework. You know, I might do the homework Monday. She got it Tuesday. I'll do it Wednesday. But mm -hmm. very, very active on it. And uh, have y'all gotten to the point? Have y'all gotten to the point where you're cheating on math homework yet? <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I I'm taking bathroom breaks where I got a YouTube something, right? <laughs> because I, I forgot how to figure this out, but I can't be like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, hold on, right. like that. you know, I gotta be. <laughs> I'll be Put in it there. Put in my phone too. real quick. Yeah, listen, you know, man. Hey, Siri. Right. You know I mean? Listen, my daughter got to it was probably about maybe the sixth or maybe it was probably the sixth grade. It might have been a little bit earlier, but I was she was asking me these these math questions like to help her on her homework. And yeah. then you cheat. And the bad part about it is you cheat, right? You you use your phone and, and you think you got it right, and then you come back, they come back the next day and tell you that the answers was wrong and you cheated. Yeah. Oh man, that's the worst feeling ever. Like that is the absolute, <laughs> that is the hey, absolute. that's so precious. Yeah, man. You're like, yeah, Y equals MC squared is the answer. And then she comes back and be like, no, dad. The teacher said, no, it's it's X minus yeah. Z, Y, D squared. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe I just forgot to carry the decimal or something. Right, man. Don't nothing hurt, like, you know, getting fourth grade homework wrong. Right. It, it, it just burns, man. And, and the way they do things and arrive at the answers is totally mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. than the process that that we especially math like the new math is, is wild i'm like uh yeah. what do you mean you do it this way that don't make no sense right right, right. but uh but, but hey it's it's another challenge man but yeah it's uh it, it's wild man it's opened my eyes to how much i really did not retain from school absolutely listen man common core math is something that i would never ever um attempt to try to master like that's just yeah. that's not my area of expertise like that's not my gift i wasn't gifted nope. in that particular area um but my daughter actually is great in math and she excels in math and science so uh it's really awesome. good to see how she is 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 really you know kind of taking that bull by the horn another thing that you've done that i thought was that i think is really great is that you have um involved your kids in your entrepreneurial vineyard uh, ventures so let's talk about um, your business, the business side of you and uh, kind of how you've gotten your kids involved in what you're doing with that. Yeah, man, it's awesome. So um, I did about seven years in the fatherhood field and um, about two, three years ago, I launched Repoval. It's a pet waste removal business. So we go to people's house, pick up the pet waste and haul it off. And um you know, install pet waste stations, maintain them for HOAs, uh, dog mm. parks, whatever. But man, the kids love it. They love dogs and they, you know, they're at the age where they think poop's funny, right? So it's a, it, they just go together so well. But I, my son, especially the 10 year old, he loves math, loves business and just how things work. 
And so I love taking them out with me. They beg if they got a day off of school or there's something on the weekend I got to go do. They love going. <clears throat> and it's great being able to break things down to them, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you get to show them, hey, this yard costs this amount of money and it took this long to do it. This is what it makes a month and blah, blah, blah. You know, letting them really see, okay, you know, you get to see the value of the things that they get to do. Like, oh, you know, they've even made comments like, oh, um, hey, dad, this dinner costs, you know, 10 yards. Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. It gets their brains thinking like that. And um, both kids, the youngest boy and the oldest girl, um, they just they just got a spirit for it. And they're always mm -hmm. talking about, you know, starting a business and using the lessons that we've talked about. And, uh, man, I'm looking, I'm just looking forward, man, as they get older and older and more and more involved in things. And um, I'm hoping we can do something together that the kids yeah. really find something that they lock in on that I can help them, you know, push forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I think that's important to, I've always been big on building um, like an entrepreneurial spirit um, in my kids, you know, from everything to once I'm going to say, this is when I realized, I mean, when it really kicked in for me is that when my daughter was in Girl Scouts um, at a young age and she was the number one seller in her troop for maybe like three years in a row. You know wow. what I mean? And <laughs> at this point, like we were going, we were going hard. Like I'm talking about, we were like ordering cases and cases and cases <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, we had a whole strategy uh, because her, because her cousin was the number one um, uh, cookie seller in the County at one point wow. when she was, she's older than my daughter. So yeah. they gave us the strategy like, yo, this is what you do. This is how you run the play. You can get more of these orders. You get the cases and you just kind of boom, 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 boom. So my daughter ended up being the number one seller in her troop for like three years. But <laughs> once I realized that the only thing they got from selling all of those cookies was like a patch or like a little bracelet or, you know, something small like that. I was like, oh, you could like you could you could make some brownies and sell the brownies at the barbershop for <laughs> money. That's going to actually go in your pocket. Like we're yeah. making them rich. I'm trying to get some bread for you. So once I I, I kind of told her about that and 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 kind of laid it out to her. Ever since then, man, she's been um, working towards some sort of entrepreneurial, you know, journey. She's uh, sold hair accessories. She sold um, uh, uh, um, like bonnets and do rags, and now she makes jewelry and sells it on the college campus. We were talking yesterday. She actually texted me last night because she wants to start selling grills like gold grills yeah so she is you know coming up with a, a name and she sketched out some logos some i was like all right well how about on sunday we hop on facetime and we do just like a brainstorming meeting and we just meet yeah. and just kind of dump okay. some ideas out yeah. and we just kind of put some put some pen to paper and really really kind of flesh things out for you and i'm like yo whatever whatever you are going to try to do as long as you're doing something productive i'm gonna help you as much as i can like yeah. no questions asked as long as you're doing something and it's productive and i see that you are trying you got my my support 1000%, you know? Um, yeah. so, go ahead. I was going to say, that's awesome, man. I, I look forward to those days as they get older. Yeah. And I think the thing is um, with entrepreneurs, man, is it the, the power of it. It, it really is um, powerful, man. It could change generations. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of freedom <laughs> that goes along with it. And, um, you know, I've always 
kind of had it in me, but just didn't really put the pieces together to figure out that's what it is. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. think what I like about it the most is the can do attitude, right? Because mm -hmm. it's all about doing what you can with what you have until you have more. Mm -hmm. And I love that because anything my kids go through, I, I mean, like the number one thing I'm trying to teach them is that can do, right? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. But, you know, they're, they're, you can handle it like this. You can get through it. And, and, and just rolling with the punches, man, because it's so easy for something to happen and you get devastated and just give up and miss out on so much because you got discouraged so easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, one thing about this generation, man, you know, we hear people talk about um, a lot of the times what this generation is not doing, but the fact that these young kids are making uh, their own way out of almost nothing, right? You know, yeah. a lot of them, even the ones who have, you know, blown up on YouTube or blown up on Twitch, or, you know, yeah. they figured out how to create a career for themselves off of social media, or they've gone on YouTube. And like, I ask my daughter all the time, like, how do, like, how do you know how to do this? And she'll just be like, oh, I'm learning on YouTube. Like, like, like it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she'll, she'll spend yeah. hours and hours like braiding her own hair, like eight yeah. hours. I'm like, yo, how did you learn how to do this? And she'll be like, I, I, I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, like, it's wow. just crazy, man. Yeah, it's like it's a whole different generation. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think, depending on what age group you're in, or even how, or or even how much you embrace technology as you grew up, um, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people or a lot of parents may not understand it because you know you look at a kid playing video games, and we think you know just doing nothing, right? You know, mm -hmm. certain generations. Mm -hmm because back when we was playing video games it wasn't going to take you nowhere right like yep, yep, you might win yep. some bread on a Madden game but you weren't really going to support your family on that console yep. nowadays yep. playing video games can you you can turn that like you said twitch and a 12 year old mm -hmm. could be the man of the house or the breadwinner mm -hmm. of the house I mean yep. off Madden it's a crazy crazy time to be a kid man I couldn't I, I think kids these days are under more pressure than any generation prior nearly. Yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you think we as adults can kind of bridge the gap between um, the knowledge and experience that we have and the um, I'll call it the can do attitude that they have, because there are going to be some bumps along the way for them that there's some, there's going to be some things in the road that's going to come in and knock them off their feet that they don't see. How can we do a better job of bridging that gap? I think the big thing is, man, giving them the space to to feel that and experience that. Because for a lot of us, like if, you, you know, you grow up and something happens, get over it, man up, toughen up, rub some dirt on it, get up, you're okay. You know, there was never no time to really process or feel something to, to make peace with it to be able to fully move on. And mm -hmm. so I, I think that it's important to give that time, you know, when those bumps happen allow them time to process it. Yeah. And for the dads who, because again, like you said, some of us, right, grew up in a generation where if you were playing video games, it was, oh, you're being lazy. Oh, you're not doing yeah. nothing. How would you, what would you say to dads who are struggling to connect with these kids? Grab the sticks. 
Learn what route to run on man, huh? <laughs> right. Sit, sit, sit down and, and play a game, or even, or even if you know what game your kid plays, go on Twitch or YouTube and type mm. in that game and just see the madness and craziness around it. And how it's more than just playing the game. Like your son may or your daughter may have real aspirations or even the talent to take it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's all about digging further, man. Like, you know, some of us have so much surface level parenting, right? Like yeah. brush your feet, go to bed, go to school. Okay, how right. you know, just boom, 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 do, 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 man. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. trying to understand, let me connect with you, feel things out, see your perspective. Like the things that we're trying to normalize now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tell you, man. I, you know, I consider myself to be a pretty okay dad, right? Um, and I try my best to to do all of the things that you just mentioned. But the one thing, the one area that I fall short, I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how to play Roblox. Yo, me I can't. I can't do it. And that's my son's favorite game, man. I, listen, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I've tried. I don't know what the what the object of the game is. I don't know who the people are, and I'm hey. actually tired of it, Joe. I'm sick hey. and tired of it. Okay, I'm tired of buying Robux. Man, I'm tired <laughs> of that. I'm tired of paying for them things, man. Listen, I, I don't. It's like you get like I'm. I, I sit and and my five year old has picked it up so fast. Like yeah. he's up there building. Uh, is Roblox and what's the other game? What's the other joint? Um, we had Fortnite to delete this, one. this one. Fortnite, yeah, 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 yeah. So we had to delete that one. That was too mature for him. Um, but, but Roblox, listen, man, yeah. I don't have a clue what's going on in that. But and, and he's on that tablet, oh, whoa, 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 going up the escalator and building. The, I'm like, bro, you got it. I listen. Yeah. Show me some Legend of Zelda, some um, Super Mario Brothers, Tetris. Right, like, like, listen, <laughs> man. Give me a Game Boy, Jack. I don't. I, yeah. Listen, this ain't it, man. So, well, um, it, 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 man. that's that's why I fall short. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an okay dad, but <laughs> Roblox, nah. If if there are any dads out there who have mastered or come close to mastering Roblox, please, like, show yeah. your boy some love. Like, give me <laughs> give me some tips or something. Get a master class. This ain't it. We need help. Um, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about um. Um, your, your, your strategies. I want to talk strategies because I think you have done a great job of kind of maintaining, um, strong bonds. Like you said, one of your oldest son does not live with you. Um, how have you been able to maintain, uh, those strong bonds with all four of your kids? Man, um, the, the main part is something you touched on earlier about how every kid is different. So, you know, it's when when you get to know them, you know, you you figure out your way in with them, what you have in common and how you got to come at it. Each one of them are all different and all respond differently to different things. And so it's it was, you know, it's tough juggling that, right, because you've got all these different feelings and emotions and attention and so much you to go around. And so it's really just being intentional about the time that you do take, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot, of course, it's a lot easier the kids that live with me that, you know, I get to make breakfast for every morning and tuck in every night versus one child who lives with his mother and comes here, you know, on holiday breaks and during the summer and everything. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot more challenging connecting with him per, per se. Um, but, you know, one of the ways is, hey, we've played Madden together. We've played Call of Duty together. You know, mm. that was one way that was pretty, pretty dope. Um, you know, all these miles away is using video games to connect. And you're talking on the microphone and everything. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, open up a lot more while you're playing the game. But, you know, so using different strategies, man, like that, you know, finding out what they're into and really just using it as a way to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the prime example of meeting them where they are, right? Okay. Because, you know, if if that's what their focus is, then you have to find a way to almost infiltrate that space. Yeah. And that's how you begin to build a rapport, right? Because you all aren't um, living in the same home. So there is some rapport building that has to happen. There is some, you know, when my daughter, you know, when she... Um, was younger, of course, we were at one point we were living in separate states when until she was five, we were living in separate states. Um, and you know, technology wasn't what it is now. And of course we didn't have that, that type of connection. So we would talk on the phone, um, once a week, but I could only imagine like what type of tools I would have to use if she was older and we were living in separate states. Right. So I I would have to be creative to figure out ways for us to connect. And, um, you know, for me, I don't know what that would look like. Fortunately enough, I won't have to find out, but I don't, I, I don't know what that would look like. Right. Because, um, you know, it would probably, and I'm just thinking it would probably just be FaceTiming or things like that. But I think as dads, what you just said is that we have to be creative, right. In order to meet them where they are, we have to create the space and we have to create the container for that meeting to take place. Like a lot of times as dads, I see, I hear and see a lot of dads kind of waiting for the child to make the space or waiting for the teenager to make the space. They say, well, they don't want to be bothered or they don't want to do this or they don't want to do that. And they come up with all types of excuses as to why they can't make the space or make the time or um, create that lane for them and the child to connect. And um, it's just an excuse and it only hurts the child. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, what you said is, is, is great because you are, uh, just giving a great example of what it looks like to go um, to that next level when it comes to connecting with um, with your kids, even though circumstances aren't as perfect as we would like them to be. Yeah, man. And you know what? It, it's <clears throat> you remember back in the day when text messaging first came out and it was like 25 cents a text. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, I'd be paying like a million dollars a week if they still mm. charge per text. <laughs> because right. That seemed to be how he wants to talk. It's never on mm-hmm. the phone. It's through text. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've done things like, you know, it's we both have a general, uh, you know, same taste in music generally. So it's mm-hmm. exchange of songs back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube mm-hmm. videos, TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, FaceTime, um, just, you know, connecting any way possible like that, you know, any common interest that we may have that we can use to connect together. You know, I tell people, man, sending, sending uh TikTok, Insta- Instagram and uh, YouTube videos and memes is a love language. Like, yeah, no doubt. If, if that's how you communicate, that's how, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny. It's funny. You said that I was going to post that on Instagram. I mean, on uh, Facebook the other day, as me and my daughter were, were exchanging, I can't remember what we were talking about. Um, but I was going to put on Instagram, I'm sorry, I keep saying this on Facebook. I was going to post that um, I'm so happy that 
you know, I've gotten to a space where we can have those conversations, quote unquote, where we're exchanging um, funny videos, because that's like, that's how, that's my form of communication. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be with my wife, whether it be with my homeboys, you know what I'm saying? Like we'll send uh, uh, videos or gifts like towards each other, you know, back and forth more than we actually have a conversation. Hey, I could, um, I, could I could write a novel and gifts. Like I, I could communicate <laughs> like all day long. That like that, right. that's my that's me, bro. We good. <laughs> right, right, right. Like that's it. So, you know, for me to to actually have felt earlier this week, um, like that level of communication with my daughter, uh, yeah. it made me smile. You know what I'm saying? Like it really, really made me smile. Like, cause it was one point where, you know, I consider myself a gift master too now. Like I get, I get busy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I get busy. And it was at one point where I would send her some joints. Like she would say something, I would send her the joint and she wouldn't even laugh. I I know this one's funny. Like this is a funny, this this is funny. But now like, you know, at 19 and you know, she's a little bit more mature now. She'll, you know, she'll at least give me a LOL or something like that. So I'm like, okay. I'll take, I'll take that. You know what I mean? Or she'll hard it all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but before, man, she wouldn't even re- respond to the gift. I'm like, golly, this is a, this is a tough audience right here, man. Like 15, 16, 17 year old, they are tough, man. So, you know, I think yeah. that level of communication and, 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 and figuring out like, you know, love languages look different now and the way that people communicate and people's needs are, 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 are different now. Um, just because of what technology has brought to us. You're right. And the challenges they face these days mm-hmm, are different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. man, I couldn't imagine growing up where every bad thing I did or every mistake I made was captured on video. Like, mm-hmm, I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine living living like that, man. They've got a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, for example, bullying, you know, there's a lot of great things that technology brings, like we've talked about, but bullying you know, it used to be like when we went to school, whenever you went home, it was done with, it was over, you know, yep. now it's like, you're not even safe from it at home because mm-hmm. now Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. can message you 24 seven. And so there's no escaping it, but I mean, it's just between all those different things, man, it's just that age group, just, just, man, they got a lot of, a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah. What role do you think as fathers we can and should be playing in terms of uh, teaching our kids responsibility, uh, teaching them about success, teaching them about uh, hard work? Like as dads, what do you think our role should be? Oh, man. And I think giving them a realistic idea of, you know, the real world of what things are going to be expected. Right. Because it starts with the little things, you know making your bed or picking up your toys, right? We're, we're really starting from day one, teaching them by things mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, once they get to the age where they start counting money in school and they start coming home with homework that's got dollars and coins on it, mm-hmm. that's that's when we talking money and responsibility and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, but, you know, my kids are crazy. They want They all want jobs and can't wait to have five of them. So they say, <laughs> right? You know, now, tell now them to slow down. Tell them to slow down. My daughter, uh, she is like, she's nine or ten, and she's got, um, you know, some money saved up. And every time she gets money, she's like, I can't wait till I'm eighteen so I can have ten jobs. I'm like, yo, you you do not know what you're wishing upon yourself, child. Chill. This ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. 
you don't want that life. But but really from day one, man, because that I feel like that's kind of our space, you know, is to prepare them. You know, this is what is going to be expected of you when you leave these doors. And mm-hmm. you need to take care of yourself. You know, you can't grow up with the idea that, you know, as much as we wish we could be around forever, you know, we're not going to be. You know, I feel like our job is to to produce, you know, well-rounded citizens that can go forth and do good work in the world. Right, right, right. Um, what do you think your 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 legacy as a father, what do you think your legacy as a father uh, is going to be? What would you like it to be? Man, you know, that's something that, that I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, mm-hmm. So I can start living it out and making sure that's my legacy. Um, I, I think I think it really comes down to is I, I would really want my kids to be able to say that my dad was who I needed him to be, and he gave me <clears throat> what I needed to be me. Mm. I, I think that's what I really, mm. really want them to be able to say. And I think that's, you know, that that's heavy because oftentimes we get so uh, caught up in our kids being what we want them to be. And we don't consider what they want to be. Right. We we have this this image when our kids are born. We have this image of I, I want them to 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 go to this college i want them to do this i want them to follow in my footsteps and and do this i want them to marry this type of person i want them to be uh heterosexual i want them to be uh, a straight a student i want them to be all of these things yeah and as as i've gotten older i want my kids to be happy boom there you go that's it (laughs) exactly i think people get up in trying to trying to relive their life through their child absolutely you know, I, I think absolutely. That, that happens a lot and and you're right man it's I, I, just, just be happy is is what it's all about live a life that's yours because you know what mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of grown folk that w- are waking up every day living a life that's not even the one they wanted for themselves right it's one so bad for them you know it's what they were told to be and uh you know there was a post on facebook i think that you and i can you know talked about too where it said something along the lines of you know normalizing not going to college or something along mm-hmm, that, right mm-hmm. yeah, there's yeah, yeah, for sure. out there for you and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and talking about what they want and talking about looking at their strengths and everything you know going on that man it's you know there there's some people that are made out made for college, right? That do well in a school learning environment. And there's other people that are better suited, say hands-on, you know, a vocation, a trade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or has a talent here and there, you know, college isn't the, the only way. Right. And, um, you know, it's, that's why it pays off to really be tapped in and tuned with who your child is and, and what, um, you know, makes them smile what their passions are. Yeah. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, happy, healthy, and whole is what is what it's all about for me. Happy, healthy, and whole yep. is what I want my babies to be. Uh, last question, man, as we wrap up, um, for any father who might be considering uh, maybe starting their own business or stepping out as an entrepreneur, what do you think uh, is a key piece of advice that they that they need to hear, especially in terms of balancing and finding that 
uh, balance between family and work life? All right. Well, the the number one is if you're thinking about starting a business, the the number one thing I would say is start because there's not going to be a perfect time. There's not going to be a perfect situation. If if you're waiting for the perfect conditions, it's never going to come. Just start doing and the rest will fall into place. Um, And when it comes to balancing between family and business, you know, for me, my motive for going down the entrepreneur track was my goal is to work less and make more because it's all about how can I be home and with my family more and still be able to provide the kind of life I want to give them. Mm. And so your why matters. Mm. So, you know, when, when your why, you know, when you're sure of it and it lines up with what you value in life and, you know, this should be family among other things, you know, that's, that's the important part, man. It's what you're doing it for is going to push you on those tough days. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's a perfect way to close out, man. I think that is um, a perfect way to close out this episode. Do you have any last words, sir, for the great folks and the great listeners uh, of dads in the class and tell people how they can follow you. Tell them how, can, how they can get at you. Tell them anything you want to tell them, tell them how they can, can, can get you to uh, their residence or their HOA to, to pick up the dog waste. Uh, just, you know, the floor is yours, man. You got it. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, brother. It's always a pleasure to connect with you and talk, man. I love, uh, love every minute we get together, man. Um, sure. As far as following me, I'm on Facebook, Joseph R. Stiltner. You can check me out there. If you're in the Ori County, Myrtle Beach area, check us out at Repoovel.com. You know, if you have a dog and don't want to pick up dog poop, we got you. Um, <laughs> other than that, man, <laughs> I'm online. Just, you know, Joseph Stiltner at Outlook.com if you'd like to talk further or have me on something. You know, but I, I'm just sure. grateful to be out here, man, be able to talk with you and hopefully assist some fathers that, that may be on the fence or may feel like how we did, man. Hopefully something connected tonight with somebody. Definitely. Definitely. All right, man. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, Dad's in the class podcast. Be sure to find us where you find all your favorite shows, Apple podcasts, Spotify, everywhere we out there. Uh, also be sure to connect with us on Facebook and on YouTube uh, via the glad dad pages. All right. So we'll holler at y'all on the next episode of Dad's in the class. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.